right, welcome to Old Town New World here in Old Town, Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm Jason Broadwater and Chris Gervais, and uh, we're going to talk about the small town USA. No, okay. Today we've got a, a guest with us. Her name is Courtney Swift. Say hello, Courtney. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No problem. We also have behind the mic Micah. Micah, please uh, make a face. Wow. What a face. <laughs> Should have seen that. That was great. Uh, and Robin. Hello. Wow. See, he's, he's just a ball of action. Can't do a podcast without Robin. Thanks for that, Robin. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to Courtney today. Courtney works uh, for a company called Springs Creative. They're right across the street from us at Rev and Flow, and we've had the opportunity to work with them as well. They're uh, innovations in textiles business, and um, so we're going to talk about how that industry's changed so much and uh, what innovations in textiles means. But Courtney's over there pioneering um, a photo studio, video studio um, that's going to be a part of their mainstay services and kind of getting that going from the ground up. And um, I know they're happy to have you, Courtney, over there. So. I want to start with, how in the world did you end up in Rock Hill, South Carolina? <laughs> well, I, um, I went to school at Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia. I, uh, from there, moved up to New York City, and I worked for a photo agency. And it was a little too fast-paced for me. I was up there for about a year and a half. Um, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it for a while. I liked the idea of New York. And then... Um, Wait, let me stop you there. That's interesting. You like the idea of New York. I like the idea of New York. So, you know, you, you know, growing up, I grew up in a small town, kind of like Rock Hill. Where's that? Uh, Townsend, Delaware. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, Townsend College. Townsend College. Townsend. 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 Oh, different. Excuse my northern accent. Oh. <laughs> yeah, down here in Maryland's up north. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Townsend, Delaware. Um, so, it's, it, you know, we didn't have a... A house on either side of us for about a mile right. and you know my mom used to put me on the girl. back of her bicycle seat and we would you know ride to go get ice cream and right. you know it was just it was great so um, when I moved to Savannah that was a big city for me yeah. so um, I figured I was gonna push it a little further and you know move to New York because that's what artists do right you right. know so I move up there and um, I was there for about a year and a half and uh, it was brutal but I, I learned a lot. I lived in Brooklyn. I lived in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Okay. Um, and I commuted into, um, I worked on 22nd and 5th. Okay. So I was right by the Flatiron Building. So where and, Orient um, View? Is that down near the villages or up top or where is that? It's um, like Midtown, I guess okay. they call it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I worked all the time, so I didn't get out much. Uh-huh, and okay, gotcha. You know, there's like those starter jobs go. You didn't really have the money to enjoy New York, so you're not really going right. to enjoy New York, you know? Yeah. But, um, and it's crazy expensive living there, right? Crazy expensive. The rent's just too damn high, right? I lived with a guy that I went to college with, and he was a good friend of mine. And um, so I think I think we each paid $1,200 a month. Holy cow. And we, were in, a, and we were in a shoebox, you know? Wow. Great deal. Right. And I was like, yes. And he was from Charlotte, so he's Carolina boy too. So okay. I mean, he, you know, it was, you know, um, but uh, we, let's see, I, after that, decided that I needed to get back down south, and I moved to Winston Salem, North huh. Carolina, and I, I worked from home. Um, a boy, uh, <laughs> a boy that I had been with for a while. So um, I moved down there and uh, 
worked in Winston for a web company. That, it was a startup company, and it was it was a freelance opportunity that was supposed to be about 30 hours a week, and it was decent money, and it was great, and I was really enjoying myself. It ended up being about you know 65 hours a week. So I mean, you know those jobs when you work from home. Part time, yeah, right. You just don't know when to stop. And you can't really stop, so you just keep going. So I was um, doing production art for them. That kind of started to dwindle. I was getting a little nervous about it, so I, uh, I found a job in Charlotte at Belk. So I worked there for a while. So what did you do at Belk? I was a producer and project manager. Okay. So You're doing uh, like photo in-house and production video. For, okay. for the advertising, uh, the advertising section of the business. So in all these so. roles, is your is the expertise that you bring mostly around photography? Okay. Yeah, my degree is in commercial photography, and I have a minor in advertising design. So um, they kind of go hand in hand. I, I'm glad that I had the ad design minor because it, it was, it was, it's been crucial in, um, you know, I guess my everyday workflow. No, I hear you. I, it's funny. Um, I, I digress for a second, but you know, being in the web marketing industry, as I've been in for ten years, you know, it has come down to, I mean, content is everything, and content means. Photography and text and video. Right. You know, and, and it's right. everything. Right. Everything. You cannot it, it convey a message of anything that you're trying to sell without good photography. Right. You can't do yeah. it. Arguably, it's more about the image than the words. Right. Yeah. Right. Lucky for me, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both well. See, Dad? That was a smart move. <laughs> because of, I believe, like, something like 90% of the American population is illiterate. Right. right, yeah, I yeah. think so. And, and I, I would say, I think that I heard 82% of all statistics are made up on the spot. I think well. that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Right, so, so, um, so Winston-Salem, you're yep. just to the wall, 65 hours, can't, can't get away from it, working, right. move to Charlotte, get into the corporate world. Right, Talk very about the different. difference. Yeah, what's very, the difference? Very, different. Um, well, I went from a little boutique agency in New York, and I had all these big ideas about, you know, creativity and you know what what taste level I should have and you know New York and I'm a city girl and oh, you know right. and then I moved to Car the Carolinas and, and I'm working for this web company and it's like oh you won't let me do that and I can't do this and it was you know yeah. so I moved to Belk and it was it was it was corporate and um, I really enjoyed it and it was contract now so so I was only there for about six months but I worked on some big campaigns and I really it was great um, so, but it was a lot different. It was yeah. a lot different. It well, was, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, people tell horror stories about the corporate life, but you get in with the right group, and you're going to do well, when you, I feel like any time I'm working with creatives, I'm, I'm happy. Right. You know, if you're in that environment. I know, If now, if I were if I were working in, um, say, the, the merchandising department right. at Belk, I would yeah. probably gotten through maybe a week of work and right. never come back it's but it's just not me you know it's not what I, it's not what I want to do it's not it's not how my mind works but I really did enjoy it I enjoyed it, it was promotional creative I was working in, oh, okay so, yeah so how did uh uh oh uh Tommy from uh Springs Creative the HR <laughs> mastermind <laughs> behind this organization how did he wrangle you uh to Rock Hill I actually um when my contract was up at Belk I I had I was working through a um, an agency that for creatives, okay. and uh, they had mentioned this company, and they said, you know, there might be an opening with Springs Creative, and I said, well, who is that? So I started researching this company, and 
Um, I went down and I interviewed and, and you know, I felt like it went really well. It was like a five hour interview. No, wow. no joke. It was, it was a long one. And, um, I felt really good about it when I left and, and I came in and I, I think it was probably six months into the job before I really started to learn the company. Okay. I came in, uh, doing art production management for the surface design studio. Okay. So it was one of those, um, you know, this isn't right in line with what I do, but uh, you know, maybe I can bring some things to the table that. So surface design is like anything that we hold or look at, or something that has a design on it. Somebody had to design that and then figure out a way to actually put that on that object. That's it's like flat art, yeah. yeah. 2D. I mean, forgive me if I, they're going to be upset with me if they hear this and I'm not speaking right, yeah, the right to word. their craft yeah, right. very well. But um, it's it's like a you know it's it's CAD design, and right. it's, and they're great at it over there. Yeah. They are wonderful and I learned a completely different um, section of and these are textiles. over there that's textile surfaces that right. we're talking about mm -hmm. yeah because everything being created pretty much I mean most of it textile. is textile related yeah so I mean you know it's interesting um, we use uh, Springs Creative as our poster child for the new economy all the time because Great. you take an uh, you know in uh, textiles was South Carolina's industry you know and it was Rock Hills industry and it employed, Springs uh, Industries employed 20% of the population of this city. And when they left in the 80, early 80s, it just crippled the economy. And the world's changing so rapidly as we roll out of the backside of the Industrial Revolution that you know the new economy is tied into kind of the creative class. And, and I compare it to uh, what happened with the Renaissance in, in Florence, Italy, where you had uh, the birth of the of the middle class because you had the artists and the bankers come right. together and create the artist guilds, right. and that's what created the middle class. Absolutely. And now, in the rebirth of the new economy, or the birth of the new economy, you basically have the creatives, quote unquote, all the creative services and all that, being married with traditional industry people that have all the money and create all the jobs. Sure. And Springs Creative is the poster child of that because they're the descendant company of Springs Industries. And they're still responsible for putting Disney backpacks in Walmart. Mm -hmm. It's just they're y'all are managing brands and licenses and doing creative services and photography, and then sourcing from China and Pakistan whatever you need. Yeah. I mean, it's a global yeah. world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a global economy. You know? yeah. So in all this in all this crazy globalness, um, you're over there in a warehouse turned photo studio. Uh -huh. So tell us about your space. Okay. Well, uh, so I came into Springs as you know, doing art production management, and um, we needed to shoot an, uh, an ad for a uh, license that we had for Joanne Fabrics, and we didn't have anyone to do it, and so I took, a, I took a photo, and I guess it got a little bit of attention, and they said, well, what can you do with this space? Yeah. So I well, said, hey, well, it, it really I mean, is. Oh it was God. like, what did I, what did I do Give to get, this space. is awesome, so like, you know. know? Like, when you started working there, did you know that you were going to be able to have that much like have some degree of creative control? Not at all. That's, that's great that it turned yeah. out that you, you do. I know, it's, it's, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, that's you know? right. I, um, yeah. To your credit and theirs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because it takes initiative to ask for that. It does. I, um, I just, they walked me into, I don't, I don't know what the square footage is, I don't remember. Um, not big enough, <laughs> but I hate yeah. to, no, but it's wonderful. I'm so happy to have that space that we have, and it's great, and we're, you know, we we're making it work. So, uh, but it was a, just a just a rough uh, floor. You know, it was an old warehouse. It was um, 
brick walls and and um, I said well we need to you know we need walls because we need to control our light we need to rip the lights out that are in now and put in some track lighting and if, if we so choose to use it and if not we need to turn it off uh, yeah. and, um, and you got hardwood you know, it, floors you have like a yeah, bedroom we, scene set yeah. up and you yeah. got Hardwood floors, half of it's a bedroom, the other half's going to be a nursery. Uh, we've got two desks in there now. I'm working with an art director that we just hired on contract. She's wonderful. I've worked with her before. Her name's Melanie. She's saving grace every day. That's great. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just knocking it out. You know, so things fly out of so quickly. Your own department over there. With the with the support of, um, I know you've gotten a lot of support from, uh, I mentioned Tommy, the HR guy over there. The support from... The upper management at Springs is incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, we, we ask and, and, you know, tell them what we need, and, they, and they've been so wonderful. Yeah, okay, why do you need that? Okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. So, Absolutely. That's great. It's been great. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, another thing I talk about all the time is how, you know, the old Henry Ford model during the Industrial Revolution was all the innovation was at the very top. And everybody else was given, like, okay, pull this lever at this time, push this button right. afterwards, and you'll be fine. And that was the masses. Well, now we've pushed innovation down through the organizational chart. And our businesses, we need everybody at every level to be almost entrepreneurs. Like, they have to invent, innovate, create. We have to give them room to fail, try. Right. And we're depending on them. Like, they're they're depending on you to tell them what needs to be done exactly. versus you waiting till they give you your marching orders. Well, you know, the whole thing's been inverted. The great thing about this environment is that I think anyone over there feels like they have the freedom to say, hey, this is an idea I have. Yeah. Or, um, you know, even somebody sweeping the floor could say, hey, I had this great idea, and, yeah. and they they feel the freedom to, to say it, you know, and, and they're listened to, and, the, and yeah. it's all taken and a lot of that's culture, I mean, you know, you got to create a culture that's around innovation, and innovation is sloppy and messy, and there's failure involved, and it, it's aggressive, and it's hard, and but you have to be uh, kind of almost a furious creator, you know, to make it in an innovation-centric model. You know, you also have to have in place you know, the people that deal with efficiency and profitability and timelines. You know, you have to have those managerial traditional things, but you have to come first with your, with your guns on your hips, you know, gunslinging, and then you provide the kind of uh, infrastructure support around things, you know, keeping things in check, you know, challenging ideas, you know, uh, budgets, you know. Right, <laughs> budgets, just that yeah. small, that right, small yeah. little piece there, budget. Yeah. But it's funny, if you flip that over and you have a lot of companies that start with that, because that's what they teach, they, quote, they, you know, whoever they are, teach that business is, all the control metrics, the aversion to risk and all that. And then where in that is innovation? Well, it's buried and smothering somewhere down in that. I mean, you know, this, this comes across naive until you really get into uh, operating one of these things. But you, you can't be like, okay, let's have a meeting. What's the ROI? What's the quantitative ROI over the past two months? Okay, it was upside down and shut the whole thing down. Right. Like, you can't be that. You have to, it has to be sloppy and messy. There's just no way around it, you know? And it can be. Yeah, but I mean. It's like you're trying to break into a new market. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I know in starting uh, yeah, it's one thing if you're like established in a market, you have your competition, and it's about like getting the most profit out of a margin, you know. You know if it's about margins, then like that's one thing. But if you're trying to break into a new, mar a new market, then 
you need to be disruptive. Exactly. So, yeah. And so, you know, at least when you have an organization like Springs that has, you know, you're talking about a significant amount of money, you know, a hundred million dollar kind of company, you know, you, you can take kind of, you can rob Peter to pay Paul if you think it's okay to invest in something versus like, you know, we're doing it next door. I mean, we're robbing Jason to pay Revenflow to, <laughs> to try to make that happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different paradigm. It's got to have, everything's got to happen faster. But I know uh, Derek is a culture of fast all on his own. Oh, Derek fast. is like a Quick. Tasmanian devil. Make yeah. it happen. Turn and burn. <laughs> I love it, man. I Me love too. it. Me too. Me too. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, let's, we're going to introduce another guest here who just joined us. And, uh, his name, and we referenced him a couple times, he is the HR giant at Springs Creative. He is, he has, uh, he's actually wearing a full uniform of decorations in HR right now. He's uh, and a cowboy hat, and he has on uh, uh, gold shoes. And uh, his name is Tommy. Tommy, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Tommy Pruitt. I'm the HR person at Springs Creative. And uh, Courtney's being way too modest about her uh, capabilities and what we're doing, um, or what she's doing, rather, um, you know, to, to help us uh, grow the business and provide a service that's going to be a tremendous value add and um, so I thought I'd elaborate on some of the things that she's probably too. Tell us more, Tommy. Tell us more. <laughs> too too uh, modest to talk about. So when I got there, Courtney was already there. She was doing a planning job in, in uh, design. She probably talked about that a little earlier. But uh, you know, there's a lot more capability and uh, um, just a lot more skill there than you know just doing that position and. Since we were in a, integrating a company that we had acquired before called Scene Weaver, and their, part of their business was doing a catalog and photography and all these things, and we're bringing that in from Columbia. We're setting it up here, and the more I learned about her background, the more I thought this is the right person to lead that charge. And uh, so we started talking about it. Uh, I think um, learning more about it, she got more and more excited about it. And, so I said, well, you know, this is probably the kind of person that can help us build this into a business and um, eventually turn it into a revenue-generating machine or at least something that could pay for itself in terms of a service. So, so she's... Yeah, so, it, it, so its primary role, and, and Courtney or Tommy speak to this, the primary role of the photo studio is to actually support the existing models. That it, I mean, for example, if you guys are working with Marvel um, brand and you're going to create a backpack for Walmart and whatever, I mean, you, you have to support that with uh, photo work. So it's, so it started out as kind of an internal supporting mechanism, sure. right? Yeah. And the marketing team was supporting this. Right. Um, but it was falling short due to um, the, the, the small staff that we had in that department. Right. And so the efforts, you know, you have to, you have to stretch you have to play to your strengths. Right. So, you know, we decided that we'd start the studio and initially it was, hey, let's let's set these lights up in this space right, and yeah. let's shoot these projects that, that we're sewing and, you know, this marble book bag that yeah, we're right. selling to Walmart or, you know, these project sheets that we're putting in Joanne. And um, so now it's like a full Pinterest type, you yeah. know, um, and, and inspiration. You know, that, I mean, that was that was initially that was the My objective. My vision all along for it was, 
we're going to start out, we're going to shoot our own stuff, we're going to go e-commerce, we're going to have to post pictures on the website, right. we really need to improve the look and feel and the image and, the internal and those kind of at things. First yeah, right. Then. we we got to take care of our own brands first, right. um, but we also have to get this thing up and running, you know, we're kind of building a plane as we fly it, so... Uh, right, that's what you're talking about when you say a revenue stream, like, so not only can this function to make Swings Creative more effective than what it already does for its existing revenue streams, but this opens a service revenue stream, potentially. People needing photo studio work, kind of stuff. That's where I saw it going from the get-go. I mean, before I even talked to her about it, I said, you know, this could be something that turns into a... Uh, something that at least, at the very least, pays for itself in operating costs, and then, but, but then what can it do value add to customers that we work with, like a Joanne or a Walmart or a, exactly. yeah, a licensed products that we work with. I mean, there, there are so many opportunities there, um, but you gotta have the right person to, you know, really lead and run that, and. Yeah, there was no one. There was nobody else that could have done it. So. I'll tell you what, you know, this is a reference back to what I said earlier about the importance of photography and content. I mean, when when Springs Creative uh, hired Revenflow to come in and help with some of the websites and stuff, my first thought was, we need we need to get photographers over there immediately. Like, we're going to do this. We can't do this without photography. Yeah. And then, we were and, like, space is awesome. We need to, like, take pictures yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, uh, Courtney was coming online kind of at the same time as all that was happening and then moving into you know any direct-to-consumer initiatives I mean the importance of your studio in terms of uh, all kinds of the revenue streams of Springs Creative is gonna grow exponentially because of as we increasingly use the internet to deploy kind of channels of selling finished product or fabric by the yard I mean it's all gonna be all about the photos you know I, I knew we had picked the right person as soon as uh, we had a really big visit from a major customer over the summer and she was in there explaining how we were shooting or she was shooting a particular product of theirs and how she was shooting it with the right light and things like that. that. And I'll, I'll have to tell you, <laughs> let her explain the rest, but her answer to the to the customer was spot on. Yeah. So. That's it. Yeah. That's great. Well, so, okay. Oh, that you told them? We were shooting sheer oh. fabric and you know, to me, it's simple. It's you light it from the bottom, you light it from the top. I mean, it's it's sheer. You want to see it? You want to see the knit? You want to see? You want to see the weave? You know? You see a lot of these. And also the weft, right? The weave and the weft. Sure. We're in textile. Textile humor there. Yeah, textile humor, Robin. That's my that's my seventh favorite textile joke. My seventh favorite. Well, you know, again. She, she, the, the customer was was talking about um, how asking her how to show them basically how she shot that, but it was more of a well I'd rather do it for you than <laughs> tell you how I did it, you know. So if I tell you how I did it, exactly, you're not so gonna need me. At that point, <laughs> I was like, we got the right, we got the right person right here. And yeah. you might mess it up. Exactly. <laughs> and it's our product. So, um, you know, Springs has what? Uh, how many people over there? 180 or so right now. All over there? Majority of them over there, yeah. Okay, so I say over there. We're, here we are at uh, Millstone Pizza. Uh, and speaking of, I, I would like another uh, drink. Um, so here we are at Millstone Pizza, and um, 
we're in the heart of revitalizing downtown Rock Hill. And uh, we're right next to Rev and Flow. And as much to our chagrin, we tried to get them to run taps into our conference room next door into Rev and Flow, but uh, they would not. Uh, I was asking for a bill by the month model, but they I just. I think they could do that. I think, I think it's definitely too. possible. Yeah, they're, they're, they're limited in that vision, possible. I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not being very innovative. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, um, uh, I was trying to think of a joke of in, in a valicious, but that's not that's not a word. So, so um, right across the street, right across Dave Law Boulevard, in the textile corridor is Springs Creative. Now, they're located in the cotton factory. Cotton factory is part of the textiles history of Rock Hill, right? So. There's more people in the revitalized cotton factory. There's more jobs in that building than ever in its history. And if you think about that, that is phenomenal. You take all the jobs that used to be in there, low-wage, dangerous jobs, child labor, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, now the amount of jobs between Williams and Fudge and Springs Creative, you know, there's like 500 people at Williams and Fudge. And you know, higher paid, knowledge worker centric, being in front of computers, using technology, creative services, types of jobs, to be, in, you know, gutting these buildings and um, turning them into new economy style buildings. I mean, Courtney, can you speak to, I mean, you've, you know, been in you know, New York, Savannah, Winston-Salem, all these places. I mean, what's your impression of the space and the spaces that you're experiencing here in downtown Rocky? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. I mean, it's, I, I never expected to come from, you know, New York City down to Rock Hill, South Carolina and see the space that I see across the street. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, and then when we came to your place for the Christmas party, I was like, this place is awesome. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I want to work in both of these spaces, but yeah. I can't. I don't think Tommy would like that very much. <laughs> um, but, we but you know. photography for Right. <laughs> <laughs> Revenue stream. Can I just put a desk up yeah, in here? Right, I'll just—I have a door across the street. We'll put it on some perfect. some sawhorses, and I'll just set up in the corner. We'll be good. It's change of environment will do me some good. Um, but it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's constantly changing. I mean, they just actually—Derek just put me on a R and R. What what does the R and R stand for? I mean, it's a revitalization. Like you're, you know, you know, revitalize the. Yeah, it's just it's a group that's going to go around and kind of identify places to improve the facility and the you know the makeup. The this wall needs to be painted right. or this this thing needs to be cleaned up. You and know, he said it's if just, I need to break a wall, if I need to bust a wall down, we'll bust the wall down. You tell me what needs to be done. You, I just we don't have to roll a window that's out in the studio because I wanted some uh, natural light to come yeah, in. And we're talking about that. They were yeah. painted over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we took a row out, and um, it's great. And I said, so now they're going to kill me because I'm going to ask for blackout curtains so I can control the light. And they're going to wonder why I wanted them out in the first place. But you know, but Derek came over and said, "Wow, those look great. You know, we got to figure out how to do that in the rest of the place." And everybody's like, "We've been asking for that." But but it's cool because it's ever changing, and they want it to be that way. They yeah. just want to keep up. You know, they want to keep moving, just never stop. There's no reason why. Innovations in textiles, textile design, textile technology, textile creativity, to anything to do with that. That Rock Hill has the history, the the immediate positioning, and everything to be the southeastern hub and potentially one of the global centers of new textiles. That's so not far fetched. Like, will Rock Hill be uh, uh, Silicon Valley? No. Does Rock Hill want to be? No. no. 
you know, Rock Hill's going to be something to do with all that that's completely unique. You know, that's exciting to me. That's what gets me excited. <laughs> it's exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's so exciting. We're glad that you came to Rock Hill, Courtney. Glad to be in Rock Hill. And Tommy, now that you've joined us, uh, what, what, you know, quickly here, I mean, if you don't mind, what brought you to Rock Hill? Uh, the opportunity to work at Springs Creative was uh, was the primary reason. I mean, I, I was in a defense business uh, for 10 years in Charleston and uh, went, uh, you know, was in HR but also ran communications, marketing, and government relations and a lot of other things for that company and, you know, was able to do it on a global scale and um, when, when that um, you know, kind of went under the uh, the opportunity to come to work for Derek and Springs Creative just was too good to pass up, and it's a it's a beautiful community. Um, the first thing I did when I got here was actually check into whether there was a loft apartment available on Main Street to live in. Well, we were and uh, about that. unfortunately, there wasn't one, but I think that would have been pretty cool, you know, to be able to walk to work and um, just you know get the whole vibe of uh, old town and downtown Rock Hill. In the Woolworth building, they're going to put 35 residential units. Talked to the mayor about that at a, at a breakfast meeting. When and are they doing that? They're starting right now. They yeah. just took it down. When will they be available? Uh, <laughs> in less than a year. <clears throat> they're gonna, well, they're going to do it in less than 18 months. They're, they're only one and two bedroom apartments, so I need one a little bit Which bigger. Which is all I need. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, young, young adults, you know, single people and people with small families. I mean, right. it, it'd be... It's going to be a really, really nice experience. So right now they're targeting the Courtney's and not the you. I mean, you got three yeah. kids in college, and you don't want them to come home and not have anywhere to sleep. Yeah, got to have somewhere <laughs> for them to go when they're home. Yeah. Not necessarily right now, but uh, yeah. yeah. So if they could put two two-bedroom apartments together there somehow, we might be able to work well, wait something out. Wait till they out. build it. Ask them to knock a wall down. You just, you know, have a big four-bedroom apartment. Yeah, knock a wall down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Knock the wall down. But it really is going to be a nice, I think it's going to be really a, a nice addition to the, to the town. And um, I mean, it's, uh, but, it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful area. And I think with the college, you know, you got the college scene, you got the historic district. I mean, there, there's a lot, a lot of good things going Winter on here. That's what, that's what Rock Hill has that honestly Charlotte doesn't have, which is the, the intellectual hub in an urban area, which yeah. is, I mean, in a way that's charming. Like, Dude, wow, that's a mouthful right there. That, that should be on like a brochure or something. I mean, because you can, I mean, you could arguably like Queens College is like that, but it's, it's, it's not, it's not close enough to the downtown. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not at the center of Charlotte's focus. Right. You know, like, uh, what's amazing here is the county, the city, the school district, the chamber, the Economic Development Corporation and the creatives are all involved in revitalizing the same district. It's like Florence in the Renaissance. Right. You've got the creative folks at, at the same meetings as the people with the money and the control, and that's why it's all happening. You know, that's yeah. the key. So, but anyway, I, you know, this podcast is about the new village, the new economy. It's driven by the creative class. It's driven by entrepreneurship. It's driven, and then like all economies, it's driven by money and influence and change and and uh, and innovation is driving all that. So, you know, Courtney, to have you as a guest here, who's um, been around to different uh, cities and and done your creative service thing in different cities, and now you know, really happy to be here. It's just a, a pleasure. And uh, Tommy, same thing with you, because your job as an HR person is to 
bring the Courtney's of the world to Springs Creative, which is what the what economic development needs to be focusing on is to bring the Courtney's of the world to Rock Hill. So it's almost the same kind of thing, you know. It's just for a community versus for a business. So we appreciate y'all being here. Any last thanks words, for Courtney? Me. Thank you. Good, Tommy. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it again. Yeah. Let's do it again. We should. All right. Well, signing off here from uh, wherever we are. Uh, have a nice uh, evening, and I'll see you on TV. <laughs>